0: You're listening to the Heart & Hustle Podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Abby McGrew. Abby is the founder and creative director of Wayfarer Design Studio. Known for her heart-led approach to design, Abby helps thoughtful e-commerce founders bring their brands to life through visual identity, packaging, and web design. She believes that great branding is more than skin deep and always finds a way to weave deeper meaning into every last detail of her work. In this episode, we dive into the world of e-commerce design with Abby, discussing common mistakes that entrepreneurs make in their design strategies. We also explore the question that many e-commerce brands face, which web host is the best fit for their unique needs and goals? Abby brings her wealth of knowledge and experience to the conversation, shedding light on the essential navigation pages that every e-commerce brand should have on their website. From branding to page layouts to image optimization, we explore the elements that can enhance the user experience and drive conversions. Abby even walks us through a sample layout for the homepage of an e-commerce brand. It, it's good, let me tell you. <laughs> With her eye for detail and her passion for meaningful design, she shares valuable insights on how to create a captivating and effective homepage that captures the essence of your brand and engages visitors from the moment they land on your site. Now let's get started on this exciting journey toward creating visually stunning and strategically powerful online brands. Hey you.
1: Yes, you listening to this podcast. Do you feel like you've lost all passion, motivation, and creativity? If your hand is raised high to the sky, it sounds like you might be struggling with a little thing we like to call burnout. And let me just tell you, you are not alone in that struggle. We've both struggled hard with burnout in the past couple of years, pushing ourselves beyond our boundaries without any time to rest.
0: Yeah, let me tell you, it is not fun. Over the last year, we've been diligent in setting up boundaries to combat burnout. And let me tell you, we have learned a thing or two. If you've been here for a while, you know we are all about sharing the love and helpful info at The Heart University. That is why we want to share our tools and strategies to help you deal with feeling completely depleted. Because as business owners, we are all at risk of burnout. So if you're on the edge and needing help prioritizing rest in your schedule, look no further. We have a freebie ready for you to download and implement into your life. Snag, it at theheartuniversity.com forward slash burnout. You're listening to The Heart and Hustle Podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of The Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life, So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
1: Abby, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. Hi, thank
2: you so, so much for having me.
1: Oh my gosh, sorry. I I like said that really weird. I was like, welcome, and then nothing else after (laughs) that. We are so excited to have
2: you! Yeah, I am so so excited to be here. Oh my gosh! Well, we were saying
1: this before we started recording, but this episode is for our e-commerce girlies and boys. What's the what's and the boys. male version? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's the male version of the word girlies? Never mind. That's <laughs> neither here nor there. Let's just on a rabbit trail like run today. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. Well, we are so excited, Abby, to have you on just to like dive deep off the cliff on e-commerce, website, design mistakes, all the things. So before we dive into it, could you open up who you are and your a little bit of your story of how you got to where you are today for our listeners?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a brand packaging web designer. Um, I've been doing this for over seven years now. I started my design studio, which is called Wayfarer Design Studio back in 2016, Um, and I actually run it while traveling the world. That's why it's called Wayfarer. I started it um, actually so that I could first move abroad right after graduating from college with my design degree. Um, With my new husband, we moved to Australia the day after my college graduation, Um, and that's what kind of led me to start the business so that I could have the freedom to travel and you know do the work that I love from wherever in the world. So yeah, I'm from the US, obviously, by the way, I speak, but um, I'm currently in Spain right now. This is actually my last day in Spain. We're coming back to the US tomorrow. Um, But yeah, it's just been an incredible journey, um, growing the business over seven years and getting to work with so many amazing clients. And our specialty is really working with e-commerce product-based brands, people who, you know, have created a product that solves a problem and and not just that, but really wanting to like bring something new and innovative and like better solutions to like shake up their industry. That's who we really love to work with. Um, And our design style is simple, I'd say very like attention to detail. And we call our, I don't know, we call our approach to design heart led because we're very Mm -hmm. much about injecting meaning and yeah thoughtful details into everything that we create to kind of make the whole brand experience more memorable for people. Mm, I love that.
1: The Heart and Hustle
2: podcast is a great place. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It was funny. I I was thinking earlier today, before we got on here, how, yeah, my tagline is literally heart-led design. And I was like, oh, it seems really appropriate for
0: for this podcast. (laughs) for that. Oh, I love it. And I love that you know, you in your specialty within um, e-commerce. I feel like that's something that Lindsay and I don't get to talk too, too much about because we primarily lean in the service industry. That's where a lot of our experience comes from, a lot of our expertise is. So we are going to pull from you today, Abby. We are going to... Just dive as deep into your expertise and experience as possible. So, let's just get like a broad overall when it comes to e commerce websites or design. What are like the top four mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making or business owners making on their e commerce websites?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think first, big one um, that we always kind of have to help our clients work through is a lot of times when you're building your website for your business, you know, as the business owner, you're, you're thinking about your priorities on the website and what you want people to do. And so you kind of every page, you know, every section, you set everything up thinking, especially if you're in e-commerce, I want someone to buy something. And so, you know, all of the copy, everything is kind of directing people to that goal, which is great because obviously you do want people to buy something. But a lot of times, maybe that's not a new potential customer's first priority. Maybe that's not what they're coming to the to your website to do first. Maybe they want to learn about the ingredients first um, in your product, or maybe they want to learn about your story, um, or you know. Read a blog post, get inspired. Like, you have to. I think a lot of times people get so focused on their own priorities of what they want customers to do on the site that they forget to also address the customer's priorities and the things that they want to find. So it's always kind of a finding a balance of meeting both sides' Mm -hmm. needs, I guess, through through the website design um, Mm -hmm. so that you're guiding them where you want to, (laughs) but also addressing the things that they might actually be looking for as well. So that's a big Mm -hmm. one. Um, I also think another one, this is just like a technical thing, (laughs) but we see it a lot, uploading image files that are enormous. (laughs) A lot of times... um, That one that can really slow down the speed of your website if you're adding in image files that are, you know, huge, uh, I don't know, 10 megabytes or bigger. Like if it's like 2,000, no, more like (laughs) 4,000 pixels wide or something. And the problem is, a lot of times, if you work with a photographer, they're going to give you like really high resolution images that are enormous. So they need to be saved down to a smaller file size specifically for your website that'll load faster Mm -hmm. that's something that we always have to like remind our clients of when they're handing over their images they hand them over and we're like these are way too big ask your (laughs)
0: photographer to like resave them um yeah i love it can i ask interrupt you really quick and ask you a question When it comes to that, is that what you typically recommend? Do you recommend that your, you know, your clients go back to their photographer and ask the photographer to resize them? Or do you have any tips or tricks Mm -hmm. for the e-commerce business owner, or I guess just anyone on their website who's wanting to like resize and compress their images for a faster load speed? Do you have like, you know, resources, apps, recommended sizes, anything like that, that you could just drop our listeners?
2: Yeah, I I usually tell them, like, whenever we're working with people, we give them kind of a guide on, like, here's how you're going to hand over all your copy, all all of your images. And in there, we make a note, like, hey, if you're working with a photographer, make sure to just go ahead and ask them to save separate, optimized, web-ready images for you so that they don't have to, like, go back to them or something like that. Um, If that doesn't happen if they have all these giant images, they don't know what to do with them. You can ask your designer to do it for you. Like sometimes we'll do it for our clients. Um, You know, you might, that might add to the scope of your project. Maybe you pay your designer a little extra to do that for you. Um, Other options, there are definitely apps, maybe depending on what um, website platform you're using. Um, I know on if you're using WordPress, there are plugins that you can add to your WordPress site. Uh, I used to use, I think it's called like WordPress Smush. Oh, <laughs> if you awesome. look for that, um, the, I think that's what it's called. And it would like automatically, any image that you upload to your site, it would automatically smush it. That's <laughs> um, amazing. <laughs> to a smaller file size. Uh, same with Shopify. I think you can find some plugins. Yeah. Um, like that of course if you're you know if you're used to using like photoshop or something you can absolutely like save things uh resave things um in there but Mm -hmm. yeah there are there are ways there are easy things on the internet um it just can be a little time consuming especially if you have a lot of images for your site totally I would love to ask a
1: follow-up question kind of to your first point or like your first like mistake of of saying that like, hey, when business owners are making their e-commerce websites, they're not prioritizing the things that they're not thinking from the client's perspective. Mm-hmm. What like from your experience is something that e-commerce business owners prioritize on their sites when they're trying to build it that they maybe shouldn't, like that they're getting wrong. Like, hey, actually clients kind of don't care about that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that... I'm trying to think of some of our clients specifically that we've like um, worked with recently, like redone their site and trying to think of some sections they had (laughs) that we were like, we should move that somewhere else. Yeah, I think a lot of times I've noticed people will, specifically with e-commerce, they might make their homepage feel more like their about page, um, Mm -hmm. which you should include some sections like that on there but but like we've worked with some clients where their homepage felt more like a a landing page that just gave like a, a bunch of really long paragraphs about their products and it didn't include it's funny because of course as an e-commerce brand you want people to buy stuff but a, a lot of times we've seen where people have a homepage that just has a big slideshow long paragraph talking about you know who the founder is or whatever. And then no products that are actually shoppable, um, mm. which <laughs> I don't know, it kind of goes against like what you want people to do. But I understand why yeah. founders, they, they kind of feel like either I need to be really salesy and just show all the products that people can buy right away. Or do I need to like include a big about a section and a bunch of like, Copy and text and just big images to try and gain people's trust instead. Mm -hmm. And and I think you need to do kind of a mix in between that. That makes sense. But I also think, especially if you're sometimes on home pages or something, um, you might just include like a product slider that just shows like the most recent products that you've added to the site, right? Mm -hmm. But what if? People aren't necessarily coming to your site just wanting to see the most recent ones. What if, like, especially for jewelry, we've done a couple of jewelry um, websites. People who come to a jewelry website, they likely already have something in mind before they come to the site, right? They already Mm -hmm. know either they want a necklace or earrings or a ring. um, And they probably know what color gemstone they want um, or what, like type of metal it is if it's gold if it's silver so like it's more useful for you to put quick links directly to those specific categories than just a broad here's 10 of the recent products that we've added does that make sense yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) Uh, yeah i love it so what would you say are like some of the pages on an e-commerce website that should be top priority like Mm -hmm. And and maybe even like a couple tips, like you mentioned, maybe not like full paragraphs on like the about page because keep us short and sweet or, you know, whatever. Like what would... What's the, I guess, the navigation lineup that's most priority on an e-commerce website?
2: Yeah. So obviously your homepage is the first page that people are going to go to. So that's going to be the most important. That's what's going to need probably the most attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say second page is... That would be in your navigation um, is going to be your shop all or collections page, um, whatever. Usually that probably needs to be a drop down that will then let them quickly jump to specific categories. Because again, people are coming to a shop with something already in mind of what they're looking for. And the faster you can get them to that category, the better. Uh, Another page that I think is important if you... Depends on what type of product you are selling, but... If the ingredients that you use in your products are like a big selling point, um, or maybe it's just the process of how your products are created, like where you're sourcing materials, um, who's making them, or just in general, like how it works. Uh, if there's any anything like that, that should definitely be a top priority page because nowadays, consumers are interested in... Learning how things are made, what's inside a product—you know—that's a huge motivation for what people choose to buy and who they buy it from. And so, if you know that your target customer, that's a priority to them—they want to make sure it has clean ingredients or that it was um, the materials were sourced ethically. Make that a full page, breaking that down for them, and make it really easy for them to find that page and learn those things, so that you can gain their trust.
1: I love that. Is there... This is like me thinking through like the e-commerce, just like experience. When Do you recommend having like information about returns or exchanges like front and center or like more
2: subtle? Mm -hmm. Usually it's more subtle. I think that now people are kind of trained to know that a link to a page like that is going to be in the footer. Um, Or maybe it's going to be on the product page in the Mm. little like accordion um, or like tabbed section that gives you, you know, more details about the product and the ingredients. uh, And then there'll usually be a link to learn about returns or or whatever there. So yeah, it doesn't need to be... I don't think it needs to be in like the top navigation. We're kind of... Yeah, we kind of assume at this point we're used to those things being in the footer. So people mm-hmm, are still gonna sense. be able to find it um, without you putting it yeah up perfect. right in the middle.
1: <laughs> no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Okay, I have another I, I keep getting like brain dumped questions <laughs> into my brain. I'm like, yes, okay, I have another question. When you onboard a client or like when you start working with a client who maybe either has done their own website before or maybe they're baby fresh and they're just starting their website from scratch with you. What are the things that you need from an e-commerce business owner to like start working on a website? Does that make
2: sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So first thing that's most important is having a solid brand identity <laughs> in place. And that was actually going to be one of the other... um Like top four mistakes. (laughs) I was going to mention actually, I think sometimes we can loop back. (laughs) No, it's good. It it all goes, yeah, it's coming full circle, I guess. I think a lot of times people, you know, they're not getting the number of sales that they want through their website. They know that something needs to change. They think, oh, you know, my DIY website, um, it needs some work. It doesn't, I don't like the way it looks. I'm going to have someone redo it, Um, which sure, a new website probably is going to help a bit. But not realizing that maybe the website isn't the only problem. Maybe it's that your branding isn't really standing out next to other competitors or people aren't connecting with it the way that they need to, to then actually purchase something. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely something that's really important. Um, A lot of times with our clients, we're doing the branding and the website because it ensures that everything's Cohesive, you know, <laughs> um, we're able to to really get the foundation first that then is going to support a really great website. Um, but sometimes we will do website only projects. And in those cases, yeah, they've got to have branding that we feel is, you know, communicating the message that they want to convey and it's going to help them stand out from competitors. Because if you don't have great branding, then a new website, sometimes it just feels like putting a band-aid over something mm-hmm. that isn't properly fixed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you don't like your branding and you pay money to have someone redo your website, you still don't like your branding. And so you're probably gonna wanna redo that at some point. And then if you redo the branding, then you have to redo the website again, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, you want to make sure I think that, you know, you, you feel good about your branding and you feel like your branding's working really well for you to ensure that the website's going to be worth the money. But I also understand sometimes, especially people in the beginning stages, you've just got to get a website up <laughs> to mm-hmm. get the ball rolling, yeah. you know, so there's a time and place um, to, you know, do what you have to do and what's best for you, but yeah. but yeah, branding is definitely um, important. And then, other thing that's important to get started with the website um, is the copy. It's hard for designers to figure out what the layout is going to be if we yeah. don't know how many paragraphs there are going to be in a certain section. You know, it's yeah. really hard to do that, so that's the other big thing. Um, if you're looking to work with a designer to redo your website, then also make sure if you're writing your copy yourself that you've planned out how you're going to do that or find a copywriter to work with first before you start working with
0: a designer to build the website. I love it. Okay, you mentioned, you know, for those e-commerce business owners, kind of more in the beginning stages and, you know, you just need to get a website up are you down to like talk about maybe to that person who maybe can't afford to have a fully custom brand and web design, where would you say is the best place for a more beginner person to start with their e-commerce website?
2: Mm-hmm. So if you're e-commerce, um, I'm going to assume that you're going to be using Shopify as a website platform. Um, that's the best uh, in our opinion. That's what we primarily work with. Um and there are a lot of really great Shopify themes out there. I mean, it is it can be a bit overwhelming if you're not used to doing that sort of thing, like editing websites and, <laughs> and everything, um, or using the back end of like a website builder. But Shopify has some really great pre-made themes that you can purchase. Um, they also have free ones, but that's what I recommend to anybody who has to go the DIY route invest in a good theme because uh, honestly a, a good theme can can really take your website you know to a to a good place you can you can have a really great website um it's not it's not custom but that's okay um and yeah i would say if you're kind of going back and forth on like oh should i just get one of the free themes and like so that it's free i'm saving money or should i spend 200 dollars most shopify themes are like between 200 and 300 I really think it's worth it for for you to get one of the paid themes, Mm -hmm. um, mainly because the paid themes have certain special features and functionality built in a lot of the time. So like if you get a free theme, you might realize, okay, yeah, it's a free theme, but I want to have a special like newsletter pop up um, on my site or I want to have like a countdown timer for a sale um, or like a bundling option. And then you realize that doesn't come with the free theme. And instead you have to buy an extra app that's like a monthly subscription. So Mm -hmm. it's like you might as well have just spent the $200 once to buy the theme that has those things built in rather than being stuck paying $20 a month (laughs) to have, you know, that one extra feature. So yeah, that's a big tip. I think sometimes people think that it's smarter to go with the free theme. But if there are specific features that you want on your website that are going to boost conversions and stuff, then prioritize that. Make sure that you're getting the theme that has those that functionality that you really need. Mm, that's so good.
0: Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is unmatched and a little terrifying (laughs) clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute the list goes on business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though and yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business we're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client
1: okay but here's the truth One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes. Yes. Even for friends and family contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses, but also hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet and grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection.
0: Yes, so we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney, Paige from the Legal Page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack our
1: contracts in our shop like the wedding photography contract, destination intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly so much more. Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's
0: theheartcontracts.com. Hello, I wanted to interrupt this episode really quick to remind you that we have an apparel shop with heart-filled pieces, (laughs) see what we did there, (laughs) that we have designed with you in mind. In the
1: shop, we've got t-shirts, crop tops, sweatshirts, mugs, hats, and more, all created with
0: comfy and cute designs that you can rock in your everyday life. This collection is for you if you love the show and want to share it with your friends in a cool way, or if you want to wear something cute as heck that was intentionally designed with powerful phrases to remind you that you can do it. You were made to be a world changer and that the Lord created you wildly capable of big freaking things. Now... Obviously, this is a
1: podcast and we can't show you how cute as heck these pieces are on the show. So run, don't walk to the Heart Shop to check out our apparel and more. You can head to www.theheartuniversity.com forward slash apparel to grab your favorite pieces today. Is there a time or like a a kind of a trigger that people should be aware of when maybe it's time to switch from a do-it-yourself website to like, oh, hey, maybe it's finally time to... Uh, invest and hire like my own custom designer Mm -hmm. for
2: my website. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're really relying on your website to make... That's where a lot of your income is going to come from. (laughs) If that's like the only way that you're going to be generating sales, probably a good idea to invest in that because it's going to be kind of what makes or breaks the business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if, if that's the case, whether you're starting out or a few years in, um, that's probably a good indication that it's going to be worth it for you to work with a designer. Um, mm-hmm. Also, if you just are not tech savvy at all. I feel like it's, that's, what, that's what a lot of our clients say when they come to us is that they tried to go the DIY route and they got so overwhelmed and it's just way more trouble than it was worth to them. Yeah. But typically, like timeline wise, I feel like a lot of people will DIY their site in the beginning and then have that for maybe two to three years. That seems to be the natural um. Mm-hmm point in their business when now they've, you know, they've got consistent sales, um, but they're just not where they need them to be. Or they're just, they're trying to make uh, a big pivot in their business and like get to a new level. And that's why it feels like the natural right time to change up the website and improve it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Do you have recommendations for that, you know, maybe more beginner to intermediate stage? Maybe that person has had DIY their own website or are currently um, and they're like, okay, I know I need a custom brand, a custom designer, a custom website, but I am not currently at the space where I can either afford that or my business is so new. I'm still kind of like testing to see if this is going to work, you know, whatever, whatever they're at. Do you have suggestions on anything that they can specifically do or pay attention to on their website that can kind of help, uh, I don't know, help them stand out, help them capture attention, anything like that, of like little things on their website that they should be aware of or trying to implement?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can use different apps. One thing that I think would be helpful just to kind of see like, you know that your website needs something changed, but you're not sure what exactly. Um, you can use websites. There's a website called Hotjar. Um, mm-hmm. H-O-T- we love Hotjar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can use that and you can install it um, in your site and it will... It kind of creates like a like a heat map. It like watches people, which sounds a little bit creepy. <laughs> um, but it <laughs> watches people visiting your site and it sees what are they clicking on, what are they not clicking on. So that's A really helpful tool if you're trying to figure out okay I don't even know what needs to change on my site to make it perform better that could help you understand oh wait like nobody is clicking on this specific button why is that and so then you might know okay that's the section I need to redo or you know spice up a little bit and and then of course you can change something wait you know few weeks, a month, and see if it changes in Hotjar if all of a sudden people do start clicking on that button. So that's something that would be really helpful. Um, Another thing is you could... I know I've seen some designers um, start offering this. Maybe you can't work with a designer. You can't afford to work with a designer yet to fully redo your website. But maybe you could book like a consulting call with them or a website Mm -hmm. audit where they'll just go through your website with you and they'll, you know, give their opinions on like what you could update and change. We've done that for clients before where we haven't done their full website, but we've just kind of done a strategy call with them, done an audit and then give them, you know, a checklist of like what they could change. Or maybe if they're wanting to to change to a different theme, we'll give them theme recommendations that we think best align with what they need. So That's yeah, so I never think a lot too. of that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so, so good.
1: good. Especially for like somebody that's maybe in the in-between stage where it's like, okay, I, I know that I still have to like, whether it's budget or whatever, that I have to do it myself, but kind of hiring almost like a consult call. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I just literally had never thought of that. That's amazing. I, I have another question that kind of is, is balancing and I love it. Like I'm asking this question to a designer because I think, I want your perspective on this. How do you balance I guess like the user experience or maybe even like the customer experience and the navigation ability on a site with like a luxury awesome design? Because I think sometimes design can almost overrule like like function mm-hmm. and just like ease of navigation. Um and so it's like a beautiful website but then like you can't you don't understand where to go, which obviously then loses customers. So like, how do you balance both of those things?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's hard too, (laughs) because you want to make everything feel totally unique. um, You know, not like anything people have ever seen before. But yeah, if you do run the risk of if you make things too different and crazy and fancy, that maybe it just becomes more confusing (laughs) to people who, you know, weren't involved in the process of building it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I would say whenever I was in college in my like first web design classes, our professor would always tell us (laughs) as we were like kind of learning about this ourselves, um, but always encourage us to ask, would my grandma be able to Use this website. (laughs) Would she be able to find what she needs to find? And one exercise, so (laughs) so I think that's a good rule to just always have or like keep in mind. But one exercise that we would do, and I feel like anyone who's DIYing their website could totally do this themselves, specifically with like navigation, thinking about like what links you want to put in your navigation and what to call them. I feel like that's another mistake that I see a lot is people beyond just the design stuff, like making it a crazy fancy design um but just using really weird navigation titles like (laughs) rather than calling your blog the blog you might call it like our diary or our um I don't know like it's, newspaper it's like people trying to be Yes. People trying to be unique, <laughs> but then it but then it makes it not obvious what that actually is. Yeah. Um yeah. journal is fine. <laughs> journal I think has been done enough that people get what it is. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you're trying to like use some really unique creative name, it might just end up being Mm -hmm. more confusing so (laughs) like this is my notebook yes (laughs) exactly so what we would do in our web design class anytime that we were working on a website navigation we would actually um, write down all of the like what the titles of the links were going to be and if there were drop downs we would um, write the drop downs we would do it on little like note cards so that we could you know put the note cards down on a table in like the order that it would be in the navigation menu. And then we would Mm -hmm. show that to different people. And we would just have them look at it and say, okay, if you were going to find the about page, (laughs) which of these navigation links would you click on to get there? And we would just kind of have like, test it on them um, and get their opinion. So Mm -hmm, yeah, I think that that's something helpful to do. I mean, you don't have to put it on note cards and do it like that, but write out what your navigation is going to be and Mm -hmm. send it to people. And we would specifically, our professor would have us do it with people of different ages. And maybe you might tailor that to like who your audience actually is. But like I would show it to my friends and then I would also show it to my mom or something <laughs> like and see you know if you know both different types of people were going to be able to understand and like easily navigate through everything but yeah I think that that's something helpful you can do specifically with navigation stuff so
1: good mm, I love that okay this question that I thought of just now <laughs> it kind of goes back to what you said earlier when you were talking about the homepage of people kind of putting more about me information on the homepage. This might be a hard question. You can let me know if this is like impossible, but because every business is different, even within the e-commerce space. But could you give us an example, almost like template of the sections that should be included on a homepage,
2: almost no matter what type of e-commerce business you are? Yeah. It's funny because we actually have a blog post on our website <laughs> where we oh. like answer that. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so I'll okay, just kind great. of... Okay, So not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> we can link that below too, if you... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, so the kind of the formula that we usually follow for like a homepage. Um, first section is gonna... We, in the design world, we call that first section on like a website page, the hero section, or like above the fold, because Mm -hmm. it's just everything that you see before you start scrolling, right? So in that section, you're going to need to mainly just address what you do, who you do it for, and, you know, how it helps them, or like what results they get, or how it's beneficial. Um, so, that of course applies if you're a service based business. Um, but specifically for e commerce, I think you need to very clearly, you know, usually it's going to be your tagline, right? But you need to very yeah. clearly touch on whatever your main unique selling point is for your products and absolutely have imagery of your products. I think that's another mistake sometimes that we see even with service-based businesses. Like I know for in the design world, I've seen designers who, you know, in that first um, section of their homepage, they'll have like a really beautiful, like lifestyle type image, but they're not showing any images of like their actual design work. So it's like, unless someone starts scrolling, they're not going to know what your design work actually looks like. And same goes for e-commerce. If you just have like, I don't know, a random picture in the first section of your homepage, then people can't see what the product is. They need to see what the product is first. and in that first section, including some kind of call to action, a button or maybe even two buttons um, that are specifically directing people to wherever you think your target customer wants to go first, whether that's like shop all, you know, learn about our ingredients, whatever it is, it needs to be tailored to what you think their priorities are. Yeah. Then I'd say kind of after that um, is in... Actually, in the blog post that we wrote about this, we call this section just give them what they want. I love it. <laughs> what they want section. Um, because yeah, people are coming to your site and most of them, they have one specific goal in mind. So... That might be, you know, buying a product, looking at a specific type of category, looking at bestsellers, whatever, whatever you think is like the top priority of your target audience. That should be the second section on your homepage. Um, and for most e-commerce businesses, that is a product slider or you know, quick links to your most popular categories or something. Then we're probably after that. Um, going to include some kind of section. that's The goal is building trust and credibility because people have now... They've seen your products, but maybe they're still not sold on it. They don't know if they want to click on a product and actually go and buy it yet. So you want to sprinkle in something that's going to establish your credibility and yeah, just kind of convince them, push them over the edge a little bit more. So usually that's going to be testimonials or reviews or press features, something like that um, should definitely be somewhere on the homepage. And then after that, it's kind of up to you. Usually there'll be maybe a little about section um, or like if you have a featured product or service that's like your most popular one, maybe you have a section that's solely dedicated to that. But yeah, from there, I think it's kind of whatever you think people really want to find first on your mm-hmm. site. But those first three sections, I think, are the most important. Just quickly saying, this is what we do. This is what we sell. This is who it's for. Um, then the give them what they want, <laughs> whatever that is. And then something to build trust and credibility. Mm, I
0: love it. That Sorry, was, that was
2: such, long. But... No, That was perfect. <laughs>
0: perfect. That was such a good, like detailed breakdown of, okay, here, it. here are your building blocks now go and build. So yeah. <laughs> I love that. Abby, you are a wealth of knowledge and we are so, so happy. We got to just pick your brain today and hear all of your experience and all of your knowledge. We like to kind of wrap up our uh, podcast interviews with like three, like Wrap up. I, I don't know what I want, I want to say like rapid fire, but a
1: little bit. We like, always say rapid fire, but it's really it's really thing not rapid fire. <laughs> it's not rapid fire. It's <laughs> just we ask every guest this at the end of
0: each episode. So if you are down, if you are a reader. And if not, it's totally fine. We can skip this question. But Lindsay and I both are avid readers. We love books of all genres, all categories. And so we selfishly, and a lot of our listeners are too. So selfishly, we're like, we are going to ask every guest from here on out (laughs) their book recommendations (laughs) to add to our book list. Um, So if you are a reader, what is a favorite book that you have read recently?
2: Yeah. So I, I'm honestly not a huge book reader
0: <laughs> Okay, that's okay, know, okay. <laughs> rather, like listen to
2: a podcast or something like that well okay what's your favorite podcast oh gosh um or it
1: doesn't have to be your top favorite just a favorite that you've read or not read sorry listened to recently yeah
2: I mean there are a few that I have like on rotation for like <laughs> zoning out and not thinking about work I listen to Two Black Girls, One Rose. They talk about, like, reality TV. <laughs> oh, we're oh, here oh,
1: for oh. that.
2: <laughs> and yeah, they're just so good. I love all of their breakdowns. They cover, I don't know, all the reality shows. I was not... Is a... it about The Bachelor? Yeah, they cover they cover The Bachelor. They're going to do, like, the new season of The Bachelorette that's coming out, um, which I'm excited about. They also touched on, like, uh, Love is Blind. They've been talking about Vanderpump Rules, which I was not... I did not watch any Vanderpump Rules, but... Now that all of the crazy stuff came out with all the scandals, I got into it. Mainly because I yeah. wanted to listen to them talk about it. Um, but yeah. There is
1: something so fun about like watching reality TV and then listening to a podcast talking about what yeah, you just watched. Just Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I definitely think I... I don't know. I think I have a... It's like a love-hate relationship with reality TV and those type of shows. Like I feel bad sometimes for watching them because I'm like, this is just trash. But but at the same time, it's so entertaining. And I think as an entrepreneur where it's like, we just think about our business all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like I
2: need that to like distract me and just like let yes. my brain relax and focus on something else for a bit. So yeah, that's probably like my favorite right now. You
1: just need <laughs> to watch other people's lives go
2: up in flames mm-hmm. and feel <laughs> yep. better about <by> yourself. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Oh, I love it. Okay, our next question. This is a little bit more on the deeper side, I guess. What is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your business?
2: Oh, It's
1: kind of a beady one, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay.
2: (laughs) Um, I think for me, and this will tie back to kind of (laughs) what we said in the beginning with my tagline, like heart led. So my like main tagline for the business is where the heart leads results will follow. And I don't know, I think that that's like the thing that I, I guess, live by in personal life, but also business life and everything just kind of trusting my gut. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, especially as a business owner, there will be opportunities that come that, you know, seem like, oh, this is what everyone else is doing. So it's clearly what I should do too. But just in my gut, I felt like, oh, but this doesn't really feel right for me. Yeah. And so, you know, just listening to that and knowing that, you know, where your heart leads results will follow. And it might take a while <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to, for the results to kind of come through. But but yeah, I just think with everything that I've done in the business, um, you know, I started it having one I didn't really want to start a business to begin with. Um, I just kind of did it because it felt like my only option to have the lifestyle that I wanted. And I just trusted that, okay, I, I guess this is what I have to do. And yeah, it turned out to feel like like this was the only path that I could have taken you know it oh, didn't feel like it. it at the time but you know looking back I'm like oh of course that's what I was meant to do I feel like that's mm. what I I try to anytime that I have to you know make decisions yeah I just listen to my gut heart whatever <laughs> you want to call it intuition yeah and knowing that it's not going to steer you wrong I guess
0: yeah. yeah I love it I think that's, that's so important so, good. so important for entrepreneurs too because it's so easy to feel I don't know, to feel like I need to be doing what everyone else is doing or listening to what the experts are recommending or suggesting, or I need to, you know, do this, or I'm not good enough to try this or whatever. And it's like, Hey, sometimes just cut out all the noise and just be like, what do I feel is right? And like, what, what is my intuition telling me? Like you're saying, like, trust your gut. And sometimes these situations, like you, you are the, the parent of your business in a lot of ways. And it's like, you've got that that mama intuition, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it'll help you steer in the right direction. So I love that. Okay, Abby, I feel like our audience has probably fallen in love with you and would probably love to stalk and see your beautiful work, which is jaw-dropping. Like, unreal gorgeous. <laughs> so stunning. <laughs> so where can everyone find you, work with you, follow you, learn from you, all the things? Yeah,
2: so... Mainly active on Instagram, social media wise. Um, So, yeah, check us out on Instagram. If you have questions about anything, feel free to DM me. I'm an open book (laughs) um, when it comes to branding, e commerce questions, whatever. Um, But, yeah, our Instagram is at Wayfarer Design Studio. And I'm assuming you all will link that or something yes, so people can see how <laughs> that how that is spelled so yes. I don't have to spell it because it is a long <laughs> name um but yeah and then on our website is wayfarerdesignstudio.com um you can go on there and check out our work our blog has lots of you know educational type resources for founders um and if you go to I believe it's com slash resources if you specifically just want to see like the freebie type downloads and stuff that we have. We have like a Shopify launch guide, a brand color palette quiz, things like that. So if you're looking for free resources to you know, elevate your branding, elevate your website, we have some of those on there too love
1: Perfect. It. Well, Abby, thank you so much for giving us your time. This was just a treat, like I said, uh, at the beginning for our e-commerce girlies and boyies. I'm just going to make that a word. <laughs> I'm going to make it a word. It's fine. So thank you so much for being here. I know that our audience just is going to love this episode. So thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I hope it was helpful. And yeah, I, I mean, I could give advice for days. So thank you for giving me the, <laughs> the opportunity to to do that.